Welcome to a new, well, quarantine edition of Golbizan, just as everything else in the world is quarantine. That's never been a problem for us because most of us tend to be in much different places, different continents. I'm here in the Midwest in the United States, and with me uh, for this new Golbizan episode, I have uh, our regular panelists, uh, Mr. Aria Alaverdi in Scotland. Aria. What's happening? What's happening? Uh, everything's good here in Scotland. We're just uh, staying home. We're just uh, chilling, <laughs> pretty much. Good to be back on, though. And uh, along with us uh, for, uh, I believe, the first time in an English episode of Golbizan, I have uh, Nima Talavai uh, Rutsari. Nima. Hi, guys. Good to be with you. Yeah, I live in Sweden, Gothenburg. Uh, we're we're in lockdown, despite what the uh, media might say, but we are in lockdown. It's just a, it's it's just a bit different. But yeah, no, it, it's 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 weird. It's pretty weird to live in some sort of you know really crappy Hollywood movie where everyone is afraid of the disease and the plague. But yeah, I'm bored. But I'm I'm beating. I'm I'm I've, I I don't really get. I don't really have a lot of time to watch trash TV. And I was at a friend's yesterday, and and I was telling him how bored I was. I have nothing to do. And he's Iranian too, and he introduced me to um, uh, the Iranian version of "Come Dine with Me" by Fahmy Sham, and I have been—I—I I, I can't stop watching that. It's like driving past a, a, a highway accident and not looking. It is—it's—it's it's very, very funny. It's trash TV at its best, and I'm addicted to it. So, yeah, that's what I've been doing. I've been watching really shitty TV and and laughing my ass off. <laughs> that's how. That's how the. Uh, everyone involved in the sports media world helps adjust to stuff like that. Um, uh, Nima, you you are uh, the founder of Sempre Inter, which is uh, well, uh, explain it for us, and uh, as well as uh, the Syria uh, podcast. Yeah, no, it's um, uh, the Syria show is something that John Solano and Chloe Beresford and I started about well, exactly about year year and twelve two year and three months ago. Um, we all work with uh, John has the AS Roma Press. Uh, Chloe is is a, doesn't is a Fiorentina fan, and she works with uh, you know she covers Italian football. Uh, I started the, I started Sempreinter.com eight years ago, February 2012, um, and the whole idea was to um, um, was was to have a show um, or sorry have a, a site where English speaking fans of Inter could get daily updates on Inter because there was nothing like that uh, out there. And also when I was growing up, I wanted, I didn't want people to, to go through what I had to go through. I mean, it was, I, I loved the Italian league since I was a kid. And I, <laughs> I remember um, this was in the eighties. I'm born in 81. So I'm a bit older than, than other people. But uh, so I, I remember I used to buy Gazzetta dello Sport uh, with my allowance, weekly allowance on Mondays. And I used to pretend that I could, and it used to be a day old. And I used to pretend that I could understand what they were writing uh, and pretend to read Italian. I was a kid, like six, seven, eight years old. Um, they used to sell it at a newsstand where I live. So, um, so, so the whole idea, I mean, I always followed Inter and, and, and I wanted to create a news organization, a new site that would cater to that need. Um, and uh, that's, that's pretty much how it all began. Uh, since then, I've worked for Gianluca Di Marzio, uh, his webpage. I've worked for Gold.com. I've done exclusives only for the Gold.com. Done everything from interviews with 
former former USMNT players like uh, Mix Discrood. Uh, I've done transfer news, and I've also done it for CalciaMercato.com. Yeah, you, I noticed uh, you mentioned uh, Roma, and, and obviously there's a bit of a history of Roma with the Iranian fans. Uh, do you know anything about the, the backstory of, of the, the help with that uh, with uh, the uh, that, that story that, that helped uh, get uh, Roma so popular uh, in Iran? I always found that to be really interesting. I mean, Paul Rogers, who's the guy who runs um, the Roma. Uh, social media or, or basically he's, he's the guy who's the strategist behind all of that um he he's an excellent guy uh he's a very he's a great guy he's a very open and 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 he wants he wanted to you know their strategy when they started was to be completely different to all other sports outlets um and one one you know it, it was it was one of those things where where it was for them it was it was it was one thing where clubs talk to fans and they wanted to talk with fans, and they wanted to talk with fans, not just in, uh, uh, you know, in, in all in, in, the, in the fans' native language. And they wanted to, they didn't want it to be like if if the if the English site came up with a joke, they were going to translate it to eighteen different languages. No, what they wanted to do was allow every language and every every version of it to kind of have their own kind of feel to it uh, and play with it, and 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 so. And obviously, Paul heard, you know, that, that what you're talking about, he heard about that story and he decided they were going to do something about that. And they've done lots of things towards Iranian fans. And, and I think he is amazing. I, I have to commend the amazing work this guy has done. I think he's changed social media uh, in football. Um, I think they've been world leading and I think he's changed the way that they act and he, the way they, you know, he's changed that game forever. And, and I think it's good. Yeah, you mentioned uh, the, the, what happened with the the the, the, the main uh, story in Iran. They, it was the uh, Capitoline Wolf, uh, the, which is the in the logo of of uh, Roma of the the team, and it was on a uh, I, I believe it was it was like a local uh, sports uh, show in Iran, and, and they they censored the 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 the, the breast of the wolf that is you know that. Uh. that it's a it was a eleven twelve uh. Uh, a bronze uh, figure. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, famous. In the right. Yeah, no, I mean, basically, what that is is, I mean, it's about the creation story of the the, the Roman Empire, Romulus and Remulus, and 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 you know, it's uh, how two two twins uh, were abandoned. Uh, and they were raised by a wolf, and they were sucking on the teeth of that wolf. It, it's a it's a mythological story. Uh, uh, it's 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 a mythological creation story behind Rome, um, the, the the ancient empire. And I don't want to get it too political here, but some people decided to to take that into a whole other level, um, and they thought it was ridiculous. And it <laughs> is ridiculous. Uh, that's that's for sure. But if you're but offended, it, but if you're offended by a teat of a wolf, then you need the real. <laughs> you need to get help. But 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 it's it's it spurred it spurred into a a big uh, I, I guess now relationship with the the Roma um, Farsi Twitter account. Yeah yeah it is and they created that I mean basically they created that and they wanted to because they wanted to reach out uh, to fans all over the world and 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 also um, so and, and you know they 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 Roma Roma have a very healthy attitude. Um, in the sense that they understand that they have, you know, that, that the English-speaking and the Chinese-speaking markets might be the biggest outside of Italy, but they also know that there's millions of people. There's there's about 100 million Iranians, 120 million Iranians if you count uh, 
mixed race and, and, and you know, uh, relatives and stuff. Uh, and that's a lot of people. And they, they, they basically want to reach out um, and, and they want to do it on their terms. And, 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 you know, to, for them, I think it was a normal thing to kind of speak up against that because it is ridiculous. I mean, who the hell in their right mind finds a, a bronze mythological wolf to be, you know, morally wrong or whatever. I, I, to me, the whole the, the whole thing was weird, and 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 they they I think they they did the right thing. They capitalized on something really stupid, and and they made fun of it. And I would have as well. Right, and it's definitely gained a lot of uh, traction with uh, with uh, Iranian football <laughs> fans all over. Um, For sure, no, it was and, a clever move. It was a clever move. Yeah, and, and so uh, to expand on uh, your uh, realm of uh, the of the Italian game, uh, Nima. You're you're really involved in in um, in just overall commentary and and and, and uh, sources in Italy. Um, can can you tell us what some, maybe some of your friends have uh, have uh, been talking about? I guess the main narrative going on in Italy because it was the European epicenter of the coronavirus, and Iran was the pretty much the epicenter in the Middle East. And the Persian Gulf League has been shut down for it seems like forever now just all over the world we're going without sport and so um since you're since you have close ties in, in italy is at the forefront of the european game uh what have you heard of from folks over there well this was this was really weird and this was really painful because this thing exploded in italy and iran at the same time and it was really painful to see how this evolved um and it was pretty much the same time where and the, both countries reacted the same way. The leadership in both countries pretended to do that. Yeah, this is just a flu. This isn't something serious. Don't worry about it. Meanwhile, you had China uh, who were being, you know, who were, who, who reacted first and after, excuse me, after a, after an immediate local reaction that was far from uh, appropriate and uh, just uh, in terms of what needs to be done to prevent a pandemic, they immediately reacted and they kept telling everybody in the world to stop, you know, don't, don't, you know, to, to don't, don't joke around with this thing, take it seriously. Italy joked around with it just like Iran did. And then it just exploded. Um, and they weren't prepared. Uh, neither country was prepared. And therefore you had the disaster that it was. And I mean, when this thing hit a small place like Bergamo, you know, you, first of all, you have to remember that Italy has a very age, uh, the, the oldest uh, population in Europe in terms of demographics and age. And that, that in and of itself means a lot of other things, such as you have, um, uh, you know, the, the elder you get, this is just biology, the, elder, the older you get, the, your immune system becomes less strong and therefore you're susceptible to more underlying diseases. And this disease thrives on attacking uh, on, 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 you know, the, the, aggra the aggressive version of this disease um, really hurts those who are, who have a lowered immune system. So it's not just down to age, it's, it's down to a lowered, lower, lower immune system. That's what this is about. And it really hit home uh, in Italy um, and also in, in, in Iran at the same time. And it was, it was being, it was, it was really nightmarish, to be honest with you. I mean, talking to friends and family in both countries who, who had it, who uh, recovered from it, who, uh, it, it, was, it was bizarre. It was really bizarre. And 
it was scary. Uh, but now, now it seems that at least in terms of Italy, um, they've, they've completely, you know, the six week shutdown has been able to break the curve. They're bringing they're, you know, they're, they're flattening it and they're lowering it, lowering it both in terms of death rates, both in, uh, and in terms of newly infections, but more and more, most importantly, in terms of uh, patients in intensive care in need of intensive care. Your, your family and friends in Iran, or uh, do, you, uh, do you have any that, that uh, we're, we're dealing with that? How are they? Yeah, both in Iran and in Italy. Um, we had uh, family both there, in both countries who, who have had this um, and who have recovered. One of them, the, you know, uh, in, in the, 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 the two in Italy or the three in Italy, they did not require intensive care, although they were really, really sick. Uh, one in Iran did require intensive care. She's a, she's a doctor. Um, she um, required intensive care for, for about a week. Uh, she's, she's recovered now. But that's good to hear. Uh, Arya, how are things in Scotland? You, you've said, uh, uh, you've referenced on the pod before how you're involved in, uh, in coaching and stuff like that. What is it like for you to, uh, you know, I guess, not only not be able to cover um, the, 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 the game of football in, in Scotland and Iran, and, but also what, you, what your other passion is in, in coaching? And how is that uh, transcending a life in, in Glasgow for you? Yeah, it's tough. Uh, Glasgow is a city where it's quite metropolitan, like like London, for example, where everyone's on the move, everyone's quite active in terms of their jobs. But to just shut down that quickly, that kind of rapidly, is a uh, is a quite a big uh, a big change uh, for everyone. Uh, like you said, I I coach football. It's my kind of job now. Um, and yes, yeah, it's, quite, it's quite tough because you know football is pretty much the uh, one of the big the sports biggest sports in the UK, and and for it to shut down like that, it's quite it's quite and that abruptly, uh, it's quite tough for uh, a lot of the population. For those who are working in it, uh, equally as tough because not only is their job taken away from them, it's also their entertainment. Uh, so like obviously. I think everyone, pretty much, pretty much everyone in Scotland, at least watches Celtic or Rangers or, or the Premier League. But for that to be shut down, it's very difficult. Uh, for me personally, uh, I've obviously been doing my UEFA B license uh, over the last couple of months. Um, that's been shut down for me, so I can't really get that qualification for me to move on. Uh, so it, it's tough, you know, it's tough, but we just need to kind of battle through it. The biggest thing for me really is is just the it's a learning curve because it's quite it's quite easy to say oh yeah we're isolating it's boring and all that but you're you're learning you're learning through it you know because in the day we get colds we get flus and all that we go out we don't really take care of ourselves the right way but for us now to go through this if we do survive it without getting it hopefully we get the the vaccine if you are able to survive it properly, then I'm, I'm sure we will. You know, I'm sure afterwards we'll be okay. We'll, we'll be more careful. We'll get less colds and all that. So you know, there there's some positives to take from it. Of course, the deaths and all that are ridiculous. 
I mean, I always make fun. Uh, sorry to interrupt you, but I always make fun. I mean, if we're talking about you know funny stuff and or, or what to take yeah. away, and one something really funny about Scottish football, and I just uh, read into this today, and I couldn't stop laughing. I mean, I I make fun of the the Lega Calcio, who organizes the Serie A and the Serie B, for being unorganized and being stupid. But the screw up that the SFL, the Scottish Football League, has done <laughs> with with these that has come out today uh, with well with 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 Glasgow Rangers losing their their shit completely and and <laughs> um, oh, I mean, so funny. You could uh, like, even in Italy, even in Italy, this is big. Like this is this is a screw yeah. up that would even be impressive by Italian standards, and they're good at screwing things up in Italy. God knows that. Well. As soon, as soon as the lockdown happened, the first game that got cancelled was the old firm. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like <laughs> that was the funny thing. Like the that was the last game to be played between in the league, and that got cancelled. It was the old firm. I was I was actually going to go to that game, and it yeah. got cancelled. So <laughs> yeah, it's just a big big mess. But uh, I mean, forty-one out of I mean, just so people understand, they 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 had a vote. Didn't they? And they asked forty-one. Uh, they asked forty-two teams in the Scottish top leagues what to do, how to end the season, and forty-one out of forty-two answered. And they got like an even tie or something close to an even tie. And they somehow managed to screw up the last club, the the answer from the last club, and they published the results without the result of that last club. And it's just, I, it's like a soap opera. Such a opera. Scottish thing to do. It's, just <laughs> it's so funny. It's, it's so, so funny. Uh, and, and Glasgow Rangers are furious because obviously they don't want Celtic to win because that's like, what, their ninth in a row? If they win, isn't it? Like, or is it 10? Uh, I have no idea. I have no idea. I have no idea. No, because it's all about stopping winning 10 in a row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I isn't think it? So, yeah, and, that's and, and it's like, yeah, and, 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 and it's like it's down to and and apparently the WhatsApp club, uh, WhatsApp message from the director of this club, where where that they didn't get the an they say they sent in their answer. The SFL said they didn't get it, but if they didn't get it, then why would you publish forty one out of forty two answers? Like it, it's just it's such a screw up. It is so incredibly incompetent, but it's funny incompetent. Like looking out it's for like the outside. It's really incompetent, isn't it? Yeah, it, like, no, it really is. It's it's <laughs> it's, it's like this is this is like the kind of stuff I'd expect from the Iranian oh, yeah. Premier League. Definitely, yeah. And 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 the Serie A, because when it comes to being yeah. incompetent, God knows the the Lega Calcio is second to none when it comes to doing crazy shit. I mean, they, they are, they are, they're, they're, they're good. They, they hold their own when it comes to doing crazy, <laughs> nonsensical stuff. The Lega Calcio are very good. I mean, just their anti-racism campaign springs to mind with, with monkeys um, that everyone in the world saw and, and was wondering if what the hell was going on. Um, so, so no, they, they, yeah. they're good at, you know, so it's, it's, um, but I, I did not expect the SFL to be to this, for the Scottish league to be this disorganized. I honestly didn't. Yeah, they're not, they're not a very organized league. Um, <laughs> it's but, so, uh, you know, we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see, but it's definitely for the entertainment value alone. Again, mm. if you're, if you like me, uh, like to hear angry people talk in a Scottish accent, this is something to follow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on the on that note, guys, um, I, I wanted to, to to get this uh to get this uh these listeners across. Um, Nima, you can help me out with this. There there's been long reports, speculation over the years of uh, Sardar Moon um, getting uh, uh, 
getting traction, gaining traction with uh, with clubs outside of Russia, um, which she's long overdue to make a move. Um, you know, there's there there was a time that you know maybe Arsenal, maybe Liverpool wanted him. Now it's it's more centered in Italian clubs. We've heard of maybe uh, maybe a team like uh, Napoli. Um, anyway, can you uh, expand on what you have heard or what you know um, about that? I think it's it was about one and a half, two years ago when 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 the first rumor I heard about him going to or that Lazio, or I think it was last summer, uh, that Lazio were seriously looking, looking to sign him. And I thought it was an excellent, uh, excellent move for both, for both parties because I think Asmoon, to me, has, is a poacher. He Lazio, is the kind of... Uh, yeah, he, he, has, uh, he has everything to me that, to me as a player, his, car- his, his traits off the pitch, on the pitch, um, his... Uh, uh, prima punta. As they call it in Italian. He's a yeah, but yeah, he is a prima punta. But he's not a he's not a prima punta in the sense of like a Vieri. He's a prima punta in the sense that Filippo Inzaghi was a prima punta. You know what I mean? He's a poacher. Yeah, yeah, he, definitely, he, definitely. He he is a goal. He's a goal scorer, and 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 he does not miss chances. If he you know he can get himself into those positions, but then it's down to the to whether or not he has quality players around him that can play him into the right positions as well. The movement he's got there, and I think. Being, you know, the Italian, the incredible professional life of a footballer in Italy, where they prepare in ridiculous detail. They prepare in in, in detail that you can't even imagine. They 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 go through everything. Nothing is left to chance. Um, it, I think that would really suit him. I think because of the fact that he, you know, he, he is a he is a winner, but he's also, you know, his his temper tantrums. Um, he needs to control them. I think in Italy he would learn to control them. They would teach him the pr- proper way because of the fact that Italians are hotheads and Iranians are hotheads. Um, I think there he he would he would learn from someone like Simone Inzaghi. I think he would learn exactly the tools he needs to 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 develop that side of his game, the mental side of his game. Um, I think this. I do not, under any circumstances, want to see him go to Premier to a Premier League side. I think that would be a mistake. I don't think he. I, I don't think he will work. Not as not as a player. Not as a not as a character. Um, Spain, sure. Uh, Bundesliga, I think definitely because the the Bundesliga team, the way the Bundesliga is played, um, he he would get so much space to attack, and I think he would score a lot there. But I don't think he would develop. Um, I would love to see him in the Serie A, and especially Lazio. I would love to see him at Lazio. I, I, think I want if he to goes see him to the train. Serie A. Sorry, Nima. Mm. I think if he goes to the Serie A, one thing is for sure. I don't think he'll score as much as many goals. Like I think, I think he'll maybe get in his first season, maybe get like eight to ten goals. Something first like season that. for sure. First season for sure. But then the second season, then that could be as much. You know. Yeah, that's that's the money. Yeah, I mean, because because he is he he is an Icardi type goal scorer. He's not, you know, he 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 is a poacher. He is a fox. You know, he's a classic, you know, Immobile type player. Uh, Icardi, Immobile, Inzaghi, whatever you want to say. But um, I think what he needs to be taught is the Italian version of what we in Iran say Zerangi. He needs to be taught Zerangi. And when it comes to Zerangi in football. Italians are second to none in that, and I think it being trained by a formal fantastic striker like Simone Inzaghi, a mod, the, the best 
if you ask me, the best youngest coach around that Italy has. And um, I would, um, I, I think it would do him a world of good. Is there any better time to do it rather than, mm. you know, two years before the World Cup? You know, I, I, that, that would allow him for time to improve a lot more. For sure, and and also, I mean, if we if we look going to next season, I mean, I don't see Ciro Immobile leaving Lazio. He's twenty nine, thirty, and and he's he's reached the point where I think you know if he peaks at Lazio, he so whoever comes will have to play second fiddle uh, to him. Uh, Caicedo has been playing, coming, scoring in a lot of goals, coming on from the bench. That's a that's a role I want Asmun to have in his first season, because I think this kid could score because he has that killer instinct. He really does. Um, and I was never excited about uh, Gucci. You know, I never thought he was as good as people made him out to be. I thought he was he was a, that similar kind of player, but I didn't think he had the quality. Uh, Asmund has that quality, and I think he can be. You know, he, could, he he this kid can score. You know, he he could be. He's the kind of player that Iran needs that can but score I a goal. Think, uh, will, I think if he wants to go to a club again, sorry. I think he wants to go. To, I think he has to now go to a club where he's number nine. I think. I think even though I, I see what you're saying, if he goes to Lazio and he's, he's second fiddle to Chiro Immobile, I think it makes sense from a development standpoint. But I think if he wants to go to a club, I think now for him, I think he he should be going to a club where he's the first first choice striker. Um, mm. Because he's already yeah. the first choice striker at, at Zenit, hundred percent. Juba is not that great compared to him. Um, mm. And he's already scoring tons of goals in, in the season just started. Last year. I think that's why Napoli are interested in him, is because they're they're going to get rid of Milik this summer. Yeah, but they've already bought Petania, and Petania is going to start. Yeah. There's no way that they're not going to start with Petania. And but also, they might play two strikers. That's the thing. Mm, that's uh, that's true. That's true. But I don't, he's playing with Petania. Yeah, but Gattuso. Gatt, yeah, Gattuso. But Gatt, Gattuso doesn't play with. You know, I. I. It's quite sure. It's quite obvious to me that the Napoli want to play with four three three or four two three one. The four four two experiment under Ancelotti is over. That squad is is built to play a four three three, and whether it's Gattuso or whoever it is, even if it's Paletti, he plays a four two three one. So it's going to be that number nine, you know, that's and, and that strike that role is going to be taken by Petagna. Uh, he's they've already bought him. He's going to move in the summer. I think the that other is. club that were looking at him were Torino as well. I think they were looking at. Him. That's obviously, interesting. Belotti's obviously the player, but they play four four two. They play no, they play two strikers. Or they play three. Yeah, the three five two with Mats- uh, well they used to with before Mazzari got sacked. But uh, they do they do play with two strikers and and Belotti, Belotti I think playing next to Belotti would would do him a world of good because Belotti is one of those he's, he's a, well he he no he 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 works his socks off for the team he runs he covers a lot of space he never stops fighting he's a kind of defender he's a kind of striker that there's a reason he's a captain um, he really sacrifices himself for that team and it's not about scoring goals for him it's about helping the team and I think if you played a two man striker with him next to Asmund, Asmund would just score ridiculous amounts of goal, goals. But having said that, I think in terms of development, in terms of developing as a player, and given Asmund's young age, I still think that a season or two with Inzaghi, if Simone Inzaghi stays at Lazio, would do him a world of good. Well, you said, you said also uh, at the prospect of him going to Premier League, you just utter pretty much failure wouldn't work. Um, that when we talk about that, that, that of course brings Jahan Box to mind of how you know, many concerns yeah. it just hasn't panned out for him at, at Brighton. 
Um, what do we think about that? I mean, he he, he had two a span of, of two wonderful goals um, at mm. the beginning or at the end of, the, of December, beginning of January. Um, but the the question remains: Has the experiment of, of Brighton with John Box moving from uh, Holland uh, has has that been uh, a failure, guys? I think so. I mean, it's quite evident it's been a failure for for several reasons. I think the main one is the difference in the leap, you know, the, the leap of quality from the Dutch Eredivisie to the Premier League is massive. Um, but second of all, Jahan Bash is not an intensity player. Uh, he, you know, same with I, I can't think of a single Iranian player that is an intensity player. The Premier League is all about intensity. And and Iran Iran does not have those kinds of players, and that's why I think that Jahan Bach would do better even in Spain, in the Bundesliga, because they're not about intensity. It's a different kind of football culture there. The Premier League doesn't suit these players, um, and I think that's I think that's where they where they struggle the most, to be honest. I think also for Jahan Bach, um, he he is a player who, like you said, Nima, he wants the ball. Um, but I think in the Premier League, you're not going to be given the ball at your, to your feet. You know what I mean? You know, you're not going to be just given it and let dribble, let passes a fullback and then cross the ball. And it doesn't happen that easily. I think for him in Holland, it was easy. Like you just got the ball crossed in and you scored. Do you know what I mean? Like it wasn't that difficult. But in, in England, like you say, there's a lot of pressure on the ball. It's it's high intensity. But for him, the the real issue, I think. I, and uh, this actually, I'm referring to an interview he did yesterday with um, PersiusFootball.com. Um, they're, they're asking him about, uh, is he too nice? Is his personality too nice? And he was saying, no, you know, he takes his football seriously. He tries to be serious in training and games. But I think it's a good question because I think he is a little bit nice. Like, I think he doesn't have that aggress- aggression about him. Maybe maybe a couple of times in games he's got a yellow card, but he's not he's not he's not aggressive. He's not going to fight for the ball. Um, I think that's what he lacks. But you know, he has that moment of, of spectacular ability as well. You know the overhead kick and all that. But he yeah, he has to be playing in a, in a league where he's going to be showing his skill rather than his his grit. You know he's not got that grit. Mm, um, I agree. I agree. I I don't I don't think any Iranian players have that. Have those qualities? I really I think only one two I saw were Omid Ibrahimi and Baidamiri in the World Cup. They're unreal. Uh, I think Dejago. I think Dejago has, yeah, has, has that. Has kind of, it as well. Yeah, he's, he's, he's got he's got that kind of English. You know what I mean? Like that kind of British football in him. But the rest of them don't. They don't like you said. You know the intensity, the aggressiveness, the aggressivity, the 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 kind of meanness that you know you need to have that. Um, you you have to. That kind they, of self confidence, isn't it? Kind of over, well, I don't know if it's self confidence, almost, almost, almost over confidence. Not, not, not to say like you know, like um, being overconfident in a bad way, but kind of you know mm. what? I'm, I'm gonna go out there and show, you know, that I've, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna get pushed over. Uh, yeah, but but I mean, I mean, yeah, I do know. I absolutely understand what you mean. But for me, the the Premier League is is all about intensity. It's all about coping with the intensity and if you don't and, and if you don't if you're not that kind of player you're not going to succeed in that league uh i don't think uh, um uh, asmon is that player i think I, I think it's quite evident that um jahan bash isn't that player um i i, I know but it's uh, but it's not just that with jahan bash i think the difference of quality the leap the step between the eredivisie and the premier league is 
I mean, it's it's huge. It's 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 a huge, hugely huge step um, that a lot of players, most players, don't you know, historically looking, they don't they don't succeed uh, in, in taking that huge leap. I mean, I remember Afonso Alves, who was uh, scoring goals for fun in the Dutch league and was playing was was you know was playing for the Brazilian national team, and he failed miserably at Middlesbrough when Middlesbrough were playing in the league in, in the Premier League. Mentioned that having the intensity of Premier League. What well, one guy I thought of was Tim Mariana. He always played kind of uh, that intense kind of uh, absolutely physical uh, role. I felt, uh, and of course, he, I, thought he, I thought he did well. I thought he did well in the um, Premier League. Yeah, yeah, so did I. Guys, um, maybe Tyranny. This guy's uh, experienced quite a little bit of an evolution. You know, he's been the he's pretty much the punching bag for the for the the cynics uh, after the uh, World Cup uh, that game against Portugal and then coincidentally he has uh, exceeded expectations in Portugal for uh, Rio Ave. He's scored 11 goals in 27 games. Uh, he's been uh, praised by uh, the, or at least the Iranian uh, press and as well as the local press there in Portugal. Um, and he's been linked to perhaps a move to uh, Lisbon. What do we think about his uh, progression? I'm really impressed with Tarami. Do you know what I mean? I, I think he's really come on over the last year, like he's he's done a lot of dumb dumb things in his career. Even like the last couple of years, in obviously that mess against Portugal, which was a tough mess, but he still missed it. Like he missed the target, and um, the yellow card against uh, China in, in the quarterfinals. Um, that obviously he missed the semifinals against Japan. There's a lot of things he's done that kind of brought his his value down, if you say if you want to say. But he's still a really clever player. Like he's so important to the national team for. His, his role in the team, the sort of inside forward role, he plays that kind of Manzukic type position that you played for Juventus. Um, and also, he's, he's, he's very crafty. Like, for a guy who's his height, um, his, uh, he's very awkward, but he can make things happen, happen out of nothing. You know, he can win penalties just for fun, like he just dives and gets a penalty. He has that ability in him. I think that um, Portuguese defenders have struggled with him really hard in, in, the, in the Portuguese league, uh, which has obviously meant that he's the, the player who's won the most penalties in the, in the league. So he's a top player. I, I really think if he goes to Porto or, or Sporting Lisbon or Benfica, for, for example, he'll have impact in, in those teams. And I think it's a, it's a good progression. He's 27 years old. He'll be 28 this year. So he, he, it's a good step for him. couldn't agree more. I think it would be, because of this ca- kind of character he seems to be, um, I think going to a Sporting or a Benfica or, or, or a Porto even, I think, he would, I think that would really suit him. Uh, and I think he should definitely do... Excuse me. I think definitely he should do that if he has the opportunity. He would have to fight for a place um, because you know those three teams, especially Porto and Benfica, they 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 dominate that league. Um, he's he definitely be accepting a challenge that would require him to fight for every minute he plays. But the reward is that if he if he delivers in when he plays, then. Then he'll reach a, like a like a then then it'll be really difficult to kick him out of the starting eleven. And I think he's the kind of character. But above all, he's at the age, at that age where it's a risk. But if he takes it and succeeds and is willing to work hard, the reward can be huge. Right. Um, 
on on that note, um, guys, uh, is, are there any other rumors that maybe we haven't come, uh, uh, gone across yet? Um, any other? Yeah, um, there's one that I really want to discuss, and there's yeah. one because the reason yeah. why I want to discuss it is because the impact that he's had in his first season in Europe. Um, it's very difficult for you, for players to have impact for in their first season in Europe when they weren't much of a player in their in their domestic league. Um, is Mirad Mohamadi, Mirad Mohamadi's oh, yeah. because he's obviously gone to Aves. Aves are like the, they got they got relegated this season. They finished last, but he came in and he just absolutely just blew everyone out the water. Like he played first of all, he played as a striker. He's he's mainly a right winger, but he came in that into the Portuguese league and just bossed it. He's got assists, goals, free kicks, penalties. Um you know, leading the line as number nine almost. And not only that, like, he's pretty much, I think he, I think he, he pretty much won the game against Porto. I think it was. He scored a goal against Porto away from home and won the game for, or maybe drew the game for them. But he played so well and um, he wasn't much of a player in Sepon. Must be said, he wasn't much of a player. He was okay. But for him to go to uh, Portugal, take a step where his brother went to Europe as well, take a step into Europe, and do at that kind of age is is extraordinary. And now the rumor is that he, that Braga wants him, another big club in Portugal. And if Braga can get him and he does well in Braga, then you know you never know what will happen. Maybe a, a regular team melee player, a sub that comes on, or down back, or bodies are there, or whatever, because he's got that ability, the pace. You know what I mean? I think I think the most important thing. I mean, when we speak of this. Um, when we speak of uh, these Iranian players doing well, I think it's really important because it's something that Italian, Iranian football has struggled with well, pretty much throughout the last, well, forever, is that you don't have a big pool of players to choose from. You don't have a big pool of players that gives you as a coach uh, a headache in, in, in picking from when you pick a team sheet for the national team. And I think the more players that... That, that are that play in these teams and do well um, and, and and raise the, the you know that make it difficult for that coach whoever it is to uh, to to pick his, his starting 11 and not just uh, the, the 23 25 players that he chooses I think that that is only ever going to be good for the for the Iranian national team and I think we're finally seeing that I think we're this you know before it was always you could you know you could name the the starting lineup you know, if you in the past thirty years, you could name the Iranian starting lineup pretty much eight, eight, nine players before every game a month in advance. You know, barring injuries, because you know who was good enough and who wasn't. But the, 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 finally, Iran is producing or has a talent pool to choose from, and I think that is only good for the national team. And I think a big, big, um, big reason for that is is what um, Keros did when he decided to. You know, start looking for players with with two passports and, and to kind of broaden and lift, uh, you know, lift your, you know, lift the the, the focus of who can play for the national team. And, uh, that and, and that that and also the fact that this, you know, this young, you know, there is a good generation of Italian of, of Iranian players coming through. Um, and 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 I think it's it's, it's it, I think now Iranian football has never actually, in terms of talent pool, been as good as it is right now. And and I think I don't think we're even close to to being as um, you know close to the peak of this yet, and that's only good. But having said that, I still don't think we'll make it to the World Cup. 
Uh, but that's got to do with other things, as I think we're all aware. Well, how concerned uh, should we be with that? You, you say for sure it looks like... No, I, I, mean, I mean, what... Mark Wilmots, I mean, just that appointment. <laughs> what, what, what the hell was that? Um, uh, the, the, to me, that was just, you know, burning up your, you know, throwing your money into the, into the ocean. Uh, this Mark Wilmots doesn't have a was, a, was a good player. I really liked him as a player, but as a coach, he's useless. You know, he, he's, he's utterly, and, and to think that he could, that he could come to, to a difficult environment like Iran and, 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 to, and to be able to handle everything that it entails to run that, to, to have that position that Kadosh did brilliantly with all the troubles he had. Uh, it, it was, it's, it's folly to think that he could do that. I mean, if, if you were going to replace someone like Kadosh, for me, it, it had to be someone like uh, Marcello Lippi or Fabio Capello or, or, or someone of that, you know, someone who imposes strict discipline, someone who who the players, a name that they respect immediately. Uh, you know, somebody who, when, when he walks into the room, he commands respect. Mark Wilmots does not command respect. And the current clown does not <laughs> command respect. So to me, it's, it's quite obvious that this team is going, they're, they're not going anywhere. Um, and they're not going to make it to the World Cup. And I think it's, if there ever was a World Cup that Iran should be qualified to, it's this one in Qatar. I mean, oh, it would... absolutely. Uh, it's just in, on so many levels, not just you know, you know, not just the closeness to Iran, but also uh, the the you know the 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 you know the, the closeness for the fans to to get there. The it's it's that part of the world. It's not a big adjustment in terms of time, uh, you know, the, the the climate, all that stuff. It, it was it would it was ideal for Iran, and this was a World Cup that I, Iran could actually do really well in. And the fact that it's going to be played in a, in a winter time, you know, when the European seasons is in winter, uh, in the middle of the season for them, it was a huge, huge chance for for Iran here. Uh, and I'm afraid we're I think we're going to miss it. I'm gladly wrong, but but I don't. I think, think you're wrong. I, I think I think we can still qualify. I, I think. <laughs> I don't mean in a bad way, but I think uh, the kind of the, the kind of this not disrespect. I don't. I'm not trying to say people disrespecting him, but the kind of um, almost bullying to to Scotchich, I think is unfair because of what Wilmot did. You can't you can't really judge someone because of how bad someone else was. I think that's a little bit unfair. Like I get oh, I get sure. it. I get I get it. Like I completely understand. If, if you're gonna tell me Wilmot was shite. He was shy, right? <laughs> but uh, if you're gonna say uh, Scottish is bad because the CV isn't as as good, then I don't agree with that because the problem I have with that is be, uh, people keep saying Wilmot's coached Belgium, Wilmot's coached Ivory Coast, uh, he coached Eden Hazard, De Bruyne, but. Look at look, look into it. He didn't do anything with those teams. Nothing. Wherever wherever Scottish has been, at least he's got them to a good level. He got Fula to sixth place against and and a team that wasn't that good at, at the time. Fula were a terrible team um, at the time, and he got them to sixth place in the in the PGPL, which was isn't easy to do. Isn't easy to do, uh, considering the kind of politics that goes on in the league, uh, and he has. You know he's developed some good players in, in in his time in Iran, and he's made some tough decisions. Uh, 
um, you know, I think for him to come in and then you have people like Man Surian going on TV the next day saying, oh, this guy shouldn't have been coached. This guy is disrespecting coaches of Iran, all that. That stuff really annoys me because it's like you can't talk <laughs> when you don't even know how to do the coaching yourself. When your team are last or like second last in the league, you don't talk. Like, don't come on TV and give a camera in front of you and just talk crap about someone else who's got a job. Do you know what I mean? Like, end of the day, someone's got me, a job. Like, it is what for, it is. For me, I'm not. I'm not saying that they don't. They're not going to make it uh, because of what Vilmot did. I, I look at the table. I mean, look at. They need to. I don't see them winning that group. I mean, to 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 be able to qualify, to be able to, you know, I I don't see them making it past this round. I really I don't. I think I think the, the, the what we look 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 at the games in front of us. We have uh, Cambodia and Hong Kong. We'll win those games, hundred percent. We'll win those games. No, no, no <laughs> well, that's like, just we, we'll, I'm not even gonna like. I'm not even gonna entertain the fact that we might might lose or might draw. <laughs> nah, we're gonna win those games. Like, all right, all right. <laughs> uh, Against Iraq and Bahrain, obviously mm. the two games are at home. Uh, and they're going to be played in the winter months now. So that's really good for us, I think, um, in those kind of periods, of, uh, you know, very good conditions. The point that I'm trying to make that I'm, I think that we will beat Iraq and Bahrain is because I think when, when uh, Iranian players are tasked with fighting back, uh, especially against teams like Iraq and Bahrain, I think they're going to have that fire on, on, on their belly. I think well, I again. So. I think Wilmot's what he failed to do was he failed. I think in his mind, this is what I'm going to try and um, um, think quite quickly. In his mind, he he believed bringing in players like Mohebi and playing Shojai. I think he he was thinking, oh, it's a, it's going to be a statement, you know, it's going to be a statement. I'm I'm going to bench. I'm going to drop Poyles uh, out there. I'm not, I'm not going to call up Jam, but I'm going to make a statement and start Mohebi. You know, I'm going to make a statement and play Shojoy as a captain. Do you know what I mean? I'm going to, like, do that. Like, I'm going to be, like, a big guy, right? I'm going to play them. It's like, that's what he thought was a, was a, the best way to work for Iran. But the real way to do it is the statement that you have to be making is, I don't care if you're not playing for your club in Brighton. I'm still going to play you because you're the best player. And that's the, that's the statement that coach makes in Iran. You have to st- you have to kind of be unfair, in my opinion, in, in Iran, and say, listen, mm-hmm. if you want to be the if you want to start, you ha- you have to be the best player. Simple as that. You can't be a guy who's not you know he's not he's playing in Stefan. He's 21 years old. You know what I mean? Jam Bach is not playing in Brighton. I don't care. He's, he's going to play. That's how Kairos works, and mm-hmm. that's how it should be in Iran. In other yeah. countries, it's different. I get that. Mm. No, I agree. I agree with that. I, I think that's that's a fair assessment. But it's also not just that. It's also because Mark Vilmot's, you know, he's not a leader. I mean, if you if you do a real little bit of research into how he handled the Belgian national team, it wasn't good. They had a fantastic team, and I think he failed with them. Um, and and I and I think it's sad because I, I really like this 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 generation of Belgian players. Um, and I think they've been shortchanged with two really, really poor managers in Roberto Martinez and, and, and this guy, uh, Vilmots. And, and I think it's a shame. Um, but I, 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 replacing, I mean, if you're going to have a guy like Kairos and the way that he built his defense and his team and his morale and the professionality and everything that he imposed on that team and, and, and was, was everyone, you know, the group that he built, 
and and you want to build on that mark vilmots like that's not even that you know if, if mark vilmots is the answer you're asking the wrong questions well the good uh, the good thing about this nima is that well he's now a thing of the past <laughs> with iran um so so i and and i i think i speak for a lot of people when i when i think uh um, maybe, maybe we don't necessarily have to uh, dwell on that anymore because of how depressing it was of, of being embarrassed by <laughs> in those games. So we, we so think, thankfully, we don't have to dwell too much further uh, on this. But, but one thing about the about the current coach about Skosic, um, Ari, I want you to help me out a little bit about this. There's been some misinformation tossed around about Skosic job security without even managing a single game in Iran. Uh, what can what can you tell us about that? Okay, just to clear up, um, Iranian media uh, are terrible in terms of covering things. Like they cover things as if it's happened. That's the official. That's it. It's fine. It's done. Like it's finished. It's fine. Like it's done. That's that's how they work. It's like they read something and it's done the next day. Like for them, it's like I don't even care if it's like a little bit fake. I'm just gonna do it anyway, just for the views. Like that's how it works. And unfortunately. Like you have a guy who had a contract, and in his clause, and the one of the clauses in his contract was, if he doesn't qualify from the from the next four games, then Iran's federation can sack him for free, right? That's fair. That's a fair clause to have. If you don't win the next four games, you don't qualify. You're out, right? And that was supposed to be activated in July, but obviously the games have got pushed back to October, November. So Iranian media thought, oh, July is pretty soon and there won't be any games, so Corey's get sacked and we're going to bring a new coach in. So we're going we're to make a story up and just say Calderon. <laughs> like, mate, what are you talking about? Like, the guy's not even played a game yet, mate. <laughs> like, like, it's, but it's to so be fair, but, but to be <laughs> fair, but to be fair, given the clown, the clownery of that football association, the circus that is the Italian FA, would it, or the Iranian FA, would you be surprised if they sacked Skocic before he even played the game? I oh, wouldn't. Man, I wouldn't. I, 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 I wouldn't. I wouldn't oh, put no. it past them. I wouldn't put it past them. Oh, that would be a fun them. one. Well, I mean, no, would you put it? Would you put it past them? Can you think? That, I mean, it's not unimaginable. No, That's what I mean. Like that, we know the clown. The clown. You know the, the kind of circus these guys are, and I wouldn't put it past them. I really wouldn't put it past them, and I think. I'm not defending what they do because this is just lazy journalism, but um, it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> it really wouldn't surprise yeah. me. But the, the thing, I think the, the point that, you know, that comes around to overall is, um, you know, the fact that that even mentality is in their heads that like someone who can just come in, not work and get sacked, like how, how does that work? I don't know. But at the end of the day, like that's what they reported the next last couple of days. Navad, uh, probably the you could say the most reliable source have reported it, and they and they and then obviously the federation that came out and obviously they denied it. Uh, a couple of other officials in the federation have denied it as well, and even Calderon himself, the ex police coach who was linked to the job apparently, uh, has come out and said, you know, this is silly. The coronavirus is more important, etc., and that. So, uh, point being, Scottish is going to remain the national team coach and he will go to Iran in I think it's September we have two friendlies um, in September hopefully if the coronavirus you know clears up a little bit against Oman and possibly against Croatia 
we'll see. So I mean, like obviously that's what we're looking forward to, um, and hopefully we can get some results there. Yeah, that would that would be neat, especially in European competition again. Um, guys, uh, unless I'm missing anything, uh, I, I would love to uh, get get a little bit fun for a second. I, I mean, this is what sports media are doing all over the world, and in, in, in the case of no uh, balls being kicked around. Um, and we haven't really touched on this kind of stuff before. I think it's really interesting. Uh, uh, feel free to, to join in uh, in our social media uh, community at, at Gold Design, especially on Twitter, we're most active. You guys can uh, comment on there. Um, I wanted to ask you guys, uh, open-ended, uh, a, a few, a few uh, fun questions. First, firstly, what is the best kit Iran has ever had? I think about this sometimes myself. Uh, it seems like every time there's a major competition, we're we're having to say, "Oh, well, this 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 kit is just rubbish," or this, or you know, we finally have a decent kit, or whatever. I guess the uh, high-level kit uh, providers have been Adidas, and then before that, Old Sport. Back to Old Sport. For me, my my favorite one is actually the World Cup '98 one, the red one against the, the one they wore against the USA. Oh, I, I I I thought that was a, <laughs> I really like that kit. That's that probably Kuma. Yes, it was Puma. Yeah, I think I think if we were to do a competition like a kind of a bracket, like a March Madness style uh, bracket of of the the seeding, um, you know, and some teams are are doing this. I've noticed on Twitter uh, where they they vote on this. Uh, they do a seeding of brackets of what, which kits were are the favorite. Uh, I, I think if Iran were to do something similar, definitely the '98 Puma uh, World Cup kit would be the the number one uh, seed. Uh, what, what else comes to mind for you guys? I think obviously 2006 World Cup was a Puma as well. I don't think that was a really nice kit. The reason why I don't think it was nice is because everyone that was wearing Puma was wearing the exact same way. It was like kind of weird. Everyone had the same like way, like the same shape of 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 kit, and it looked really like generic. Lowercase um, letters too, yeah. Yeah, it was like all the exact same like kit with just like different flag. The 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 best kit that I think the best quality kit. If you're looking for best quality, is the last kit in in the World Cup in the 2018 World Cup. But I think the nicest kit for me, the nicest kit was the 2014 World Cup. I thought it was nice. People think it's a bit cringy, but I thought it was a nice kit. Like I really like the color scheme on it. Obviously, the the Asiatic cheetah was quite cool. Um, I thought it was a cool, it was a cool kit. The, the sport one. I, I love that. I love that yeah. cheetah. I thought, I've got I thought one. The I've got one. Yeah, I've got one as well. I got that as well. I thought it was absolutely gorgeous. Um, yeah, I thought introducing it's... it was probably the most uh, revolutionary concept yeah, in, yeah, in the history. Yeah, it had a, it had a lot of different colors on it, like different color schemes. It's quite cool. I really like the red one. I absolutely love the red one um, with the, with the cheetah. No, I, I really like that one as well. I agree with you on that. That's the one I had. Uh, it, it, one thing I've always wanted to ask. Um, in the years after the 98 World Cup, uh, I believe it was the years after, or maybe it was the World Cup qualifying before, um, Iran tended to wear a green jersey of, of, I think it was the same style of, of the 98, with the, where it said Iran with like the little flag colors on it. Uh, I've always wondered, why has why Iran never wanted to wear green again? Is it because they don't want to resemble Saudi Arabia or Iraq or something like that? It doesn't look good. It looks like Morocco's second kit. I didn't like it at all. And and it also looked like Saudi Arabia, as you said. I just I do I really did not like that kit, um, at all. Actually, uh, I no Iran. You know, it's like it's like one of those things. You know, some countries. You know, Italy wear azure blue. You know, Iran should wear red or white. 
uh, Germany has the white with the black stripes or or the green. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, just just don't don't mess with 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 the tradition on something. Brazil well, I mean, has the blue and green. And blue and yellow. It's not like Iran never wore green, and well, they wore green in the seventies. They wore green uh, briefly in the nineties, but they just recently, in the good, last man. couple of decades, abandoned that. I didn't think it looked that good. I mean, I, I, think I it like a little bit. I think it's also a little, a little political as well. <laughs> like, yeah, I think there's a little bit of uh, argy bargy there as well that you probably don't want to get into. But uh, yeah, I mean, also I mean, Morocco's second. I mean, that's Morocco's second kit, and it looks awesome. I mean, the, the they they look. I mean, especially in '98, that would, green, that green nice one. If Morocco you had like a kind of green and red kind of thing going mm. on. That would look yeah. cool. Mm. But if it's but, just green, like on its yeah. own, nah, I'm not, I'm not having that. No, well, you, you not can't, me either. You can't control the fact that green is part of the flag and always has been. And, and Yeah, but so is red and white. <laughs> you know, use all the colors. And they've always worn red and white. And anyhow, guys, um, and we touched a little bit about you know, memories in, in our um, in our year-end review and decade-end review um, pod that came out uh around new year's time feel free to check that out as well that was a very good episode uh that we had of the pod uh what about best goals in team milli history and obviously we're a little bit biased because i mean all all this came around late 90s and 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 the first world cup i remember obviously is 06 world cup um and then the fact that well iran sort of uh, didn't have a football program in the in the 80s really and, and so the really the only person who can talk on the 70s would be people like my dad <laughs> but uh but memorable most memorable um and best games or goals guys what about that yeah um i mean the best game uh, with all you know the the australia away game i will never forget that for as long as i live i mean that game at the melbourne cricket ground uh, the way how dominated iran were I don't think you can, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, I mean, this was a game that was going to end 7-8-0. How Australia were not 4-0 up at halftime, I will never understand. Um, And, 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 and how Iran just, you know, equalized. And and that's my favorite goal. Um, The Khododod Azizi goal is, you know, Mark, Mark Bosnich. um, I actually, I'm actually in a WhatsApp group with him and, uh, I've uh, <laughs> I've not brought it up because I know it's a painful memory for him. But um, it's um, I mean he you know that when he kicks the ball out and Mahtavikia heads it forward to Ali Dari who takes it on his on his thigh and then plays this amazing splitting pass that even Francesco Totti and Roberto Baggio would be proud of to Khodorod uh, Azizi was free on goal and and. He, he just places it. I mean, it's it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. I, it's it's so simple. It's so it's gorgeous. It's beautiful, and it's poetry in motion. The way that these three guys in three simple, you know, in three five touches of the ball uh, are free on goal and score, and it's absolutely gorgeous. Um, it's now for me. For me, it has to be that game. It was it was amazing. It was I, I couldn't believe it. I really could not believe it. Oh, it's so tough uh, because I I don't really have that many memories of fifteen million. I'm, I'm like I'm I'm only twenty two years old. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's not really been that much that's gone. Obviously, obvious ones over the last couple of years have been the Putin Judge goal that we scored against in Seoul against South Korea. You know the 
the unbelievable pressure that we had on that game um, to win that as well. Unbelievable. But uh, for me, and I did this actually on Team Millie Talk uh, with Artis Bakhari, who he actually gave, asked a couple of his friends, including me, to to um, post a video of themselves saying who their favourite goal or moment with Team Millie was. For me, this is quite surprising, maybe kind of stupid at the same time. When it, when uh, the game against Spain, I uh, was speaking up air, uh, against Spain in the World Cup when I think we were losing the game 1-0 or maybe winning the, uh, maybe not 1-0, I don't know what the score was, but Isabelah, he scores the goal and it's, it's offside. Um, in that moment, I was going crazy. Same. Like those three minutes when Nezatullahi scored the goal and they started celebrating, I was going mad. Like I was so happy that we'd scored against Spain, and like oh, like I was like all these emotions. Like, oh, like imagine this, imagine scoring against Spain. Like the kind of the world's gonna recognize us a bit more now. You know, we might draw against Spain, might qualify for next round. But no, all of a sudden VAR just says nope. You can't. I get blacked that out. I blacked out, like literally, like I was so happy, exactly like you. Yeah, yeah, it really was. I was, oh, it was horrible. Um, it really was. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, now that you mentioned that was, but that was because the game. I mean, at, at that specific moment when that goal came as well. I mean, the game was in the balance. Um, that was Iran's chance, you know, and uh, ah, it was. Was it that game when when who was it <laughs> that did that amazing? Was trying to do that overhead uh, throwing. Was that Amiri? No, that was the last <laughs> game. That was that wasn't Mila's man. Might the last game. Portugal. Yeah. Portugal. <laughs> that is that is that's class. No, um, no, but that that game, uh, that game, I remember um so well, especially that sequence because I really thought the goal was stood, and then you could, the VAR came, and and it was just heartbreak. And even after the game, Kairos was wasn't convinced that it was actually offside. I think he he, he was making the argument that. It came off a, a Spain's player, a but it didn't. Spanish we can see it, but it didn't. We saw that it didn't. I mean, he was pissed yeah. off, and I respect. He that. was mad. Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> and and you know what it was. I, I, I mean, I, I, we'll speak about Kirosh a little bit more, but like one of the things I miss about Kirosh is his, his like his will to fight for his players. Like he didn't even mm. care if he was wrong. Like, he would fight for his players. Like, he would die. You'd always them. see him like at the end of games, like arguing his arguing with referees oh. and all that. It's hilarious, but it's like the best thing ever. <laughs> yeah, but that, that, but you see, when a coach does that and, and he gives a response, you you know they the players die for him, you know as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it's I mean it's the same. Mourinho does the same. We used to be able to have that connection but, with his but players. But Wilmot well. was never good. Wilmot was Wilmot was high fiving like Mohebi off yeah. the pitch. He was giving like butt slaps to Nuru Lahi and all that. That's not gonna help, man. No. Like don't don't do that, man. Don't do that. Oh, by the way, that was that was Milad Mohammadi that, that had that hilarious uh, failed throw in. I saw this caption once. It, it said, it "said Whenever you promise your mates you're gonna do the thing on TV, but then you, but then you say <laughs> never mind." The last I saw that caption. That was hilarious. Um, I I, I want to know what was going on through his head. I would love to interview him. And ask what what was that about, man? Did you really think you could do it? And then you it's just said interview. never mind. I think someone asked him about it. I think he said that uh, what happened was. He, he'd seen it and he thought, oh, let's just do it. 
but then apparently because he had hip surgery like a month or so before the World Cup, <laughs> just, just like halfway through, it's like ah oh, maybe not. There's the there's the excuse. Out of it. <laughs> like, that is such a good Iranian excuse if I ever heard oh one. My <laughs> yeah, oh my god, that is a good Amu excuse if I ever heard one. I, yeah, no, I that, think. Uh, good. I think uh, for me, guys, um, the, the only. In terms of best goal, and, and you really get in the context of histor- historical significance, and, and obviously there's some bias because I'm in the U.S., it, it, has, mm. it has to be Hamida mm. Steely. It's yeah. a magnificent header. I mean, it is. It, it, really doesn't, is. it doesn't matter where you, or what league or, or where or when, you cannot replicate a powerful header buried in the back of the net like, like he did over Casey Keller in that World Cup against the United States. And also um, the his his like the way like it felt like he was in the air for like forever, like right. the way that he managed to get his body. Up. No, that was a beautiful goal. Yeah, beautiful. and 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 people talk about his celebration, but but you just think to yourself of the emotional significance of that. What he mm. what the the nation of Iran had gone through. They hadn't been to a Absolutely. World Cup in, in twenty years, and it it yeah. might have been it might as well have been a completely different um, century for Iran because of of what was lost in those years since 1978 in the, in the country of Iran. And for him to do that um, and silence all these, all these critics who had known nothing about Iranian uh, football ever since then. Um, mm-hmm. And then to get that victory, that was, uh, I don't think. Um, it, it well, there was also involved. so much going on in, in that World Cup with the Iranians and, the, and mm-hmm. all the things that happened with the fans in, in Paris and all that. Right. Um, all that stuff. There was so much going on, like to to pull off something as good as that, and obviously win the game at the end. It was just unbelievable. I think I, w- I wish I was. I wish I wasn't one years old, but you know, <laughs> it, is, it is what it is. Like, there, but, that, but that's a... the theme. I mean, that that entire team. I mean, the way. I mean, all the nonsense around that team, and and the way that they qualified for that World Cup. I mean, the miracle in 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 Melbourne. Um, that I spoke about and then, and then all the stuff leading up to it and all the drama behind, you know, the scenes and, you know, getting a coach at the last minute and not being able to prepare properly and, 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 and the way they, they were unlucky against Yugoslavia in that, in that first game. Uh, they could it was hilarious though. Nothing has changed. Like, <laughs> It's Iran. Like, it's been this. That's been. Oh, that's the story. That's the like, history of Iran for like thousands of years. But it's so I mean. funny because like you speak about like the preparation. Like the preparation is still absolutely horrendous. Mm. Like it doesn't even matter. Like it's still horrendous. <laughs> Nothing has changed. Let's just be perfectly no. honest. Well, I mean that's that's the history of Iran, but that's another that's another topic altogether. But um, no, but seriously, uh, you know the the way everything that happened go leading up to that World Cup and the game against Yugoslavia where that was the game that Iran, you know, if they were going to get something from, from this world cup and qualify, but that was the one. And they were so close. They were really close. Uh, and Yugoslavia were a good team. I mean, they, they drew, they were two nil up against Germany in that, in that world cup and that other group game. Um, when Iran played the USA and in a two, two draw and Yugoslavia were two nil up. I'll tell you one thing there, there's a, there's a fantastic, uh, uh, podcast, uh, I believe it was put on by ESPN uh, called American Fiasco. It came out <laughs> in, the, in the months coming. Uh, it came out in the months leading up to the 2018 World Cup uh, about the, the 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 structural and then um, integral failure that happened for the United States going into the 1998 World Cup. Um, obviously, marketed towards you know American fans, but it, it, they really got into uh, what was going on 
obviously biased on the American side before the Iran match, but I thought it provided great insight to, to what uh, was going on in that game, what was in the balance for both the United States and Iran. Um, you have to send me that link. I want to listen to that. Yeah, yeah it's definitely a good one. Um, yeah, I remember it was called American Fiasco uh, Podcast. <laughs> it's, it's in several episodes. Something like, it's like a mini-series podcast uh, in a story format. And at least the, the episode where they include the, the, the game against Iran, it's a great listen for any Team Elite uh, fans out there. Um, Last thing I wanted to ask, and you know, we can obviously keep this open-ended um, as we hit, hit, hit the uh, home stretch for this episode, guys. Um, who do we believe, not best goalie, not best uh, goal scorer, but best athlete that you've seen in a Team Elite uniform? The most technical player I've ever seen is... Probably, or at least in my lifetime, it's Ali Karimi. He he could do. He was a classic number ten. He could really do anything. He had such a vision and craft and technique. Absolutely love him. But as an athlete, I mean, the pace and stamina of Mahavikia is, you know, this is amazing. I mean, the guy he could run and run and run and run and run. He would never get tired. I mean. It was like he was like an energizer bunny. He never grew tired. So I think if we're talking in that sense, it would be him, Matarikia. Uh, but um, I think when it comes to talent in terms of modern football, I I gotta say Azmoun. I, I have I have so much belief and, and and faith in him. I think he can really become something else. I think he has everything in line to become probably the biggest football star that as Iran has ever produced. I think uh, listen. I think there's always a place for for Vahid Amiri in terms of athlete. Uh, Vahid Amiri was a guy who started his career so late um, in Iran, but he came in against Sweden and, and Chile in those two friendlies. Uh, he did really well. I think he even scored a goal. And I think it was against Chile he scored his goal. And just from those two friendlies, his career just took a, a massive step into you know, one of the best players now in the league. And, uh, you know, he wasn't expected to start at the World Cup, but um, Kiroj had a, had a position for him where, obviously, Ryan is a left winger, but he had a position for him where he said, let's look at characteristics of players, let's look at just the, the, the person. And like you said, Samson, athlete. You want an athlete? This guy is a, like, he's a marathon runner. Like, he just runs. Like forever, um, he's not technically that bad either. But I mean, obviously, not Meg on PK and whatnot. He had a great World Cup, but the, the the engine that he has is unbelievable. I think if you're looking for athlete, um, someone comparing, you know, compared to like Kante, for example, in, in the world, probably the best athlete footballer. But Vaidamiri for me is one of the best. Uh, but for me now, he's not gonna make the squad. Um, in my opinion, he shouldn't make the squad. But he as a genuine athlete, in my opinion. I, th- I, think, I think you can't really take anything away from, from the sheer um, physique, physicality, and um, dominance that someone like Ali Karami was able to provide. Um, that, that's immediately who, who comes to my mind. And, and I, I think to myself, I'm not sure if we've already really talked about this. Um, I, I tend to, to think back to uh, whether or not Karosh has any regret not having him in the 2014 World Cup roster, just based on mm. what he could have provided in terms of uh, even if he wasn't 
getting minutes of support for the team. Absolutely. The Who's genius. This? Ali Karimi. Oh, right. I feel like we speaking about Ali Dai. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, what? No way. No, no, no. no, no. Ali Karimi is, I, I mean, for me, as I said, he's, I mean, in terms of technical ability and craft and vision and, and genius creating play. I mean, he was, he, he, is, he is the best Iranian player I've ever seen. Uh, he's the one. He's, he's a once-in-a-generation kind of player. Yeah. Um, he really I think, was. I, I mean, the passing, the passing is his vision, the way the way he saw football. I think you're absolutely right, Samson. I think if 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 you if if Kairos had that player to break the game in in those moments, to throw on to the to to like a like a Totti that Lippi had in 06, absolutely, I think that would have done him a world of that that team could have really gone places I, I think that uh, I think uh, the, I think he actually was supposed to be the assistant manager of that team when, 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 he, when he quit so I think I think uh, Ali Karimi for me is probably one the probably the best player we've ever had technically mm. Um, mm. but I think his his issue is, has been his, his personality um, and even after football after playing now um, I'm not I'm not really happy with the way he's kind of Taken his career, the kind of person he's become. Uh, it's a shame. It's a shame. But I, I still, I still respect him as a footballer. I think that move to Bayern Munich was was probably the worst thing that happened to him, and he, he shouldn't have gone. But as a player, in terms of talent, and, can't blame him. We can't blame him. No, of course not. If you play in Germany and Bayern Munich come calling, yeah, you, you know, what are you, you, you going to do? So um, no, I. But but I do. I agree. I think in terms of talent, the guy was. He he was an Italian, an Iranian Baggio Totti, like a classic number yeah. ten who was phenomenal. But um, I actually, in terms of technical ability, I don't I don't rate Dejagat that far off from him either. Technically. Really? Yeah, really? honestly, I don't. I think Dejagat's um, yes, he had a, a short career in Premier League, and I don't think it, I think it, I think he should have been playing in Premier League in the Gotbi era and Ali Dai era. Mm, agreed. Twenty ten World Cup qualifying, even. Even but I think Dejagat's quality isn't that far off from Ali Karimi, in my opinion. Um, you know, mm. because he's such a crafty veteran, like, like he's so good. Like, against Argentina, you look at the highlights against Argentina, he was unbelievable. He man marked Messi. Well, that's what that's that's fine, and, and I understand what you mean. But but to me, that's but, uh, more tactical brilliance yeah, more than technical. Yeah, I, I could brilliance. agree with that. You know what I mean? So for for me, like when I say technical, I mean I mean someone, I mean someone who can create something out of nothing, uh, via via vision, via his technique. I mean, what he could do with the football was and and the, and the passes this guy played, and he wasn't a bad finisher either. Uh, for me, Dejago, like you said, man marked Messi, and Messi was invisible yeah. for 93 out of 94 minutes. I mean, he, he was brilliant. He was really brilliant. He, he, I mean, defensively, you know, he was fantastic. Talk about sacrificing yourself for your team. I mean, the guy was a team yeah. player. Also, and the other side, he, he always created chances. He always he won a oh, penalty. Yeah. My well, he won a he won a penalty. It's just we he weren't won, given. He won it. <laughs> we weren't I saw, given. I getting away from, getting away from that. Uh, uh, another bout of depression for me, guys. Uh, one, one, one. Uh, I think underrated player. We don't talk in terms of athleticism. If we want to talk about the category of athleticism, um, it is simply extraordinary how Ali Reza Barban uh, has uh, just completely uh, second to none upper body strength with his throwing ability, and and the fact that 
he's now developed into such a uh, premier goalkeeper. Um, being able, obviously, with, with, with yeah, as a boy learning how to throw rocks, but 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 the, how he throws the ball—that <laughs> is insane. There are there any are, neighbors where Samsung grew up at? I mean. No, I mean, I mean, in all seriousness, you watch American baseball. I don't think, I don't think an American baseball player could le- could learn how to throw a, a a a football that far. I mean, it's it's absurd how he can do that and his flexibility, his his um his how he's able to first of all, his re- first of reflexes. All, his, yeah, but first of all, his technique is unreal. Like he, he literally he brings the ball so far behind his his head. And he oh, yeah. swings his whole body into it. Like that is some technique. Like, really good. You can't um, you can't bring up athleticism without thinking about a guy who is able to uh, stop a powerful uh, penalty shot by Ronaldo. No. <laughs> but Jeopardy. I think his position is in jeopardy. By the way, I think his position is in jeopardy uh, in the national team. I think no, Payon Niazman is is a top goal. rising star. Oh man, he is good, man. Like he is. Really good. Like if he goes to Europe as well, he's gonna take over Bayern Van's position, in my opinion. I think so as well. I think so as well. But with Bayern Van, I mean, he's a he's like a cult character, isn't he? I mean, also yeah, for yeah. the life, for the for the for the very difficult life he's had, and such a humble person, and and what he does, and and then also the the most trolled. I mean, the Chetori Kiris. I mean, that is just. That is, you know, <laughs> that is world class. I mean, so that, that is that's that's Iranian. That's absolutely that, mean. I mean, that is that is so good. I mean, the way per, he looks. Perhaps he needs to stop humbling his career and, and take a <laughs> leap of faith into Europe already or something, man. I don't think he will. I mean, he's been very. Oh yes, yes, he's gonna go. He's gonna go. He's gonna. Go. You reckon? Yeah, no, he's official. He's official. Oh, is it okay? Because everything yeah. I've heard from him is, I don't want to. I'm happy where I am. Blah blah blah. Oh, yeah. He's gonna go. He's gonna. His, his medicals have been obviously postponed for the coronavirus, but he's gonna be going pretty soon. Where is he going though? Is he going Antwerp. to Antwerp? Yeah. Cool. No, I mean that's only good. I love the guy. I mean, I'm a huge fan. I absolutely love the guy. So yeah. You know, I'm I'm happy to hear that. But uh, no, I I mean the guy is is he? I mean everything because of everything he's done and the life he's had and. And and everything you know, he's he's a character, and and, and that 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 me, I mean everything about him. He's he's a cult character, and he, yeah. you know, I, I hope that, you know, I'm I'm glad. As I said, I mean Iran needs to have competition. You know, look at by, by far one of the best goalkeepers we've ever had in a long oh, time. I don't think sure. we've had a, you know from maybe Obed's or the last goalkeeper we had was a good one, and maybe before him Hajazi, but before like after them it was no one really like Mirzapur. No. Come mm. on. No, no, no chance, I, man. I agree with you. I think the goalkeeping position has been an Achilles heel. No, as I said, I mean, as I said before, I think the fact that Iran has choices and option options yeah. is only good. It's, it's just good. Uh, and and if they can have options, more and more. And options. obviously, we got Abedzade, Amir Abedzade in Portugal, so we've got the options, you know, in Europe as well. So oh yeah, oh yeah. No, I think you're right. I think it's great. This has been a, a lot of fun, it, and that's something that we haven't really had in, in, during this break in sport in general all across the world. Um, we're, we're sending our, our thoughts and prayers, especially um, to our friends and family in, in Iran, which still uh, continues to um, battle and try to recover from this pandemic. And we absolutely want to, uh, we also want to hear from, from you uh, on, on social media. Feel free to uh, tag us uh, in, in your comments. Uh, let us know how you thought of this episode and what you would think about 
all these potential transfer uh, rumors and uh, as well as, uh, hey, throw out your opinion of best kit, best goals, best athlete team in league history. Why not? As for me, guys, I'm, uh, I'm good to sign off. And uh, Aria, I appreciate your time as always. And uh, Nima, I, I cannot commend you enough for, for your insight that you provided. We really appreciate it. Thanks. It was a pleasure being on and keep, keep, uh, keep up the great work. I think you do awesome. All of you guys do an excellent job uh, promoting Iranian soccer in, in uh, Iranian football in English and, uh, and also, uh, you know, Asian, Asians, Asian football. Uh, so keep up the great work. Thank you, Nima. Thanks for coming on. I uh, really appreciate you, you actually doing that because, you know, we, we needed someone in this situation to come on and speak about the coronavirus. So having you on is a, a big pleasure. Thank you, gentlemen, and, uh, and and again, thank you for listening, guys. Stay tuned because uh, the Golbazan, just like the rest of the sport of football and, and soccer and calcio, will be back. Hi, this is Kat, and you're listening to Golbazan, and I hope you continue listening to their amazing podcast. Thank you all for the support. Love you, Golbazan.